0: ever episode of Helping Sport podcast. Uh, my first guest is not too far away from our TV screens. It's pro athlete, former cock hurdler, Satanta Halpin. Satanta, you're very welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Tom. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a great concept, uh, Satanta, because like for the likes of your, say, semi-pro or your amateur player uh, that still has a lot of fans and people wanting to be... I'm, I'm thinking... The GEA world at the moment. Um, some of the hurlers, some of the footballers that we had spoken to that are coming on board the website in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be a great little um uh, op- opportunity for them to be able to give back and also um to be able to connect with kids and maybe a kid that wants to play cornerback or midfield in a specific position. Uh, to be able to connect with them uh through the internet in a safe manner. And you're like I'm. I'm just looking from your profile, which has hikes, um, now that you're fresh from the, the king of hell, hell week, um, <laughs> and you have mentorship packages, so there's quite a few bits and pieces there on the website that uh, people will dive in and get, uh, all different types of packages for from the, the amateur athlete, the semi pro athlete, and of course, the pro athlete,
1: yeah, definitely. You know, you know, as you alluded to earlier on, you know, that's. You know, I started playing GA. You know, my first love and passion is GA, Gaelic football and hurling. You know, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to go to Australia and play professional football. But everything starts at grassroots. And you know how how people always talk to me about the game of hurling. And um, you know, they always say, "Oh, there's there's not enough teams involved. Or there's you know, there's only four or five counties that can win it." But um, you know in order, in order to do something and um, to get more people involved, you know, maybe, maybe people in Cork can mentor people in Antrim, you know, or in Loud or in Mayo. And in in doing that, no, you know, players, players can get online and talk to kids, you know, and everything is just at a touch of a button. So you can, you can get that opportunity, you know, and, if 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 you're if you've got a lot of spare time, then um you can mentor you know as many kids as you want, and I guess it's it's getting the the aspect of hurling out there or Gaelic football out there to you know counties that wouldn't have obviously wouldn't you know wouldn't have um been able to get access to any inter county player, but uh you know with our website you know you can you can be mentored but you know if if this came about when I was when I was a kid, definitely I'd be jumping on board and um, you know that's the beauty of technology you know it's always growing and you
0: come from the pro world of AFL where uh, every kid wants to be a professional athlete out in Australia and strive yep. to be um, the best and having a connection with uh, this is an, an excellent opportunity. It is a little bit different than the amateur world, the pro world I'd imagine.
1: Yes, it is. It is. Um, uh, you know, uh, in Australia, AFL is the top sport. So um, all over the country, you know, you look at kids and all they want to be is AFL AFL players, you know. Um, so if you were to give that kid an opportunity, they'd soak it all in, you know, they'd, um, you know, they'd chomping at the bit to get involved so um even now with the feedback i'm getting you know online you know with the with the kids and the parents that have coming on board you know um i'm getting a lot of uh, a lot of messages you know and um you know i've started mentoring kids and um definitely it's something that you know i've I've really enjoyed doing you know over my time in sport um, you know Playing AFL, obviously, I didn't grow up with the game, so I had to learn it. You know, when I was 20 years old, I was just like you know a 10 year old. I had to soak everything in, and you know, I I guess from that, my experience in that, um, it's kind of brought me to you know wanting to help others. What you know, both in. Gaelic football and um, hurling and also in AFL. So, you know, I'm mentoring kids in Australia. i mentoring kids in Ireland. So um, I get the best of both worlds. And um, also while giving back to all the kids, you know, you get to see them grow. And, you know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, it's amazing, you know, if you in three or four years' time you can see and if that kid does succeed and makes it to the highest level, you know, you, I guess it's, um, you know, a bit of kudos to you and you can look back and go, yeah, I had a, I had a, a bit of involvement in there. So, um, you know, it's a bit of enjoyment also.
0: Yeah, and also you have the kind of connection with those kids for life then, you know, that they... Exactly. You were their, you were their first coach and bringing them all up along. But, uh, like, the mentorship program that you're doing, it's not something that's new to you. You have been... Uh, I, I remember you telling me before that you were uh, doing uh, training athletes out in... Uh, America and Hawaii for the AFL. Um, can you just explain that kind of? Is it a combine they go to, and then they can go to either sport, or what way does that work?
1: Yeah, I guess um, kids in Australia, like you know, sport is very prevalent in schools. You know, you know, in local, local, local areas. You know, you know, obviously, um, there's that many sports in Australia that parents, you know, get them to play all types of sports, and, um, you know, get to, to sample all different sports, and then as you get to, like, 13, 14, 15, you know, the child itself then, you know, picks the the, the sport they choose, obviously, or one they've excelled in, so, um, and then they decide to play, but, um, yeah, from an early age, you play Kick, which is five years five years old to Ten years old, and then you go to play junior football in junior clubs, and then after that, then you become, you know, you you get to play with your state, and then you play, you play with your um uh state. Uh, if you're in the city, you play with Vic Metro, or you're in the country, you play your know, Vic Country, and then um you know you have a combine, then and then all these combines, these coaches come to these combines, and um you know obviously they'll they'll search the talent pool, and um. You know, if you're good, if you're good enough, then they, they handpick you, and then um, you know, you go then from there you go to the Australian Institute of Sport, which is a different kettle of fish altogether. So all the best athletes in Australia, you know, every every summer, summer holiday, or every camp, they are you know every time they're off, they all fly to Canberra and there's a big Institute of Sport over there, and um, you know, and obviously they develop them over there, and um, you know, it's a the best the creme de la creme go over there but um it's just a uh, obviously it's a great opportunity to be involved in that and then um your school's football too that's a big emphasis in australia so um you know they, they do private school football they do um local football um so all combined there's different avenues to um to make it and also if you you know if you don't hit the draft at 18 years old after the draft, you know, you play VFL, which is the second tier football. And, you know, over the past 10 years, there's been many, many great footballers, you know, that haven't been drafted or haven't, haven't developed when they're 18. That's no worries. You know what I mean? Um, You keep believing in yourself and you keep trusting the process and keep working away. And, um, you know, these guys get picked up later on and, um, you know, they become a mature rookie so uh, I guess um, there's different avenues to progress but um, yeah definitely uh, it, for me it was just a great opportunity to you know, bring all that together and see how, see how far I could go with um, helping sport
0: Yeah and we'll be diving more into the helping sport aspect of it over the next couple of weeks <clears> but <throat> we can't shy away from the fact that uh, you were on Hell Week Ireland uh, and joint champion um, you weren't it's a over the last couple of years. You haven't been prevalent on the actual uh, social media or on interviews or doing podcasts or anything like that since you retired. Uh, was there was that purposely done or uh, like the last time people would have seen you probably on TV would be giving them around to the kick up the ass uh, a train in there. Uh, is there any reason why you stepped away from it or stepped away totally from the limelight side?
1: Um... I I guess, um, was it intentional? I don't don't think it was intentional. But um, what what I can say is that, you know, everybody knows me as Tantal being the AFL footballer or the past player that played with Cork. So, um, you know, I I kind of wanted to segregate myself from that for a bit. And, you know, obviously, when you you finish playing sport, you got to, you know, you you got to start a different whole life. And, um, I felt that for me, you know, obviously, um, I married my wife and she's, um, Hawaiian. So, you know, I, I, I ended up coming to Hawaii and starting a life here, but, um, uh, I felt that, yeah, definitely to get it. People say, you know, you, you got to create your, a new identity, which, you know, theoretically speaking, you, do you kind of, you kind of have to like, you know, cause, um, football doesn't go on forever so um yeah with that being said yes definitely you know I guess um I wanted to create my own my own my own path another new path and um you know it uh, obviously at 35 years old it's not easy and um you know uh, I see a lot of I see a lot of my you know teammates or you know you know players that you know you can you find difficulty in doing that. And definitely it was um very tough for me. You know, obviously there's you have your ups and downs. But um, you know, as long as you know every day you wake up and um you know you're you're thankful for you know you're thankful for obviously uh waking up first and foremost and um you know a- anything else is a bonus. You know and that's kind of I kind of adopted that. Um early on so um it's kind of held me in good stead you know and so um yeah definitely um that's what i'm doing now i'm trying to carve, carve a career for myself you know right now um you know i'm i an electrician i've got two years to qualify uh, just under two years it's a five-year course here in hawaii so i've got uh two years to finish i'm just about to finish my third year going into my fourth year so i um, really thoroughly enjoying that but um also as you alluded to with hell week you know um, there's a lot of Hell Week, you know, a lot of things that out of Hell Week that I got that definitely I can take into the, um, the, the coming weeks and years of my life, you know. Uh, my passion my passion for, you know, the sport and, you know, Gaelic Games and AFL has, um, you know, I, I didn't realise how much, you know, uh, I missed it. And um, uh, with help in sport, definitely, uh, you know, um, it's just my thirst for it is um, kind of, you know, it's kind of reinvented me all as you can say again, you know, my love for sport, my love for the game. Cause, um, you know, as a professional player, you know, your first three or four years, yeah, you're, you're just, you're, you're in awe and you're, you know, you're build you're, you're building yourself. Obviously you want to play at the highest level. And, uh, when you're young you're learning the game and you're, you know, you, you're doing your apprenticeship as such, but then when you, you get into a stage where you play week in, week out, you know. And um, as the years go on, you know, um, sometimes you know the the fun gets taken out of it, you know.
0: And uh, how did it come about, Hell Week Ireland? Like you're you're living in Hawaii. Uh, how did, <clears throat> did you get an email, a phone call, or what? Yeah. Did you actually, jump back in into the limelight, say of Irish TV. Anyway, it's a very good show.
1: Yeah, when I when I was um playing with the Giants, um, you know, they told us, you know, this is 2012-13, they told us, oh, all right, guys, got to get get on social media, Instagram, Twitter. But um, um, so I opened up my Instagram Twitter accounts and I had them, but um, the other one got hacked and it got deleted. So I was sitting at home one day and, you know, obviously my wife's on Instagram and Twitter all the time. And she's like, oh, get back on it. You know, and obviously it's a good way of, um, you know, Interacting or contacting, uh, keeping in contact with players, so yeah, got back got it. And then, um, Jamie, the production manager, um, sent me, sent me a direct message. And at the start, I was like, Oh, is, is this fake, you know? <laughs> so, um, obviously, with the fake messages or people getting hacked, and um, he's like, No, 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 this is uh, Jamie, I'm a production manager, Motor Productions, um, I'm, I'm involved in um, the production of Hell Week, and I was just in. Just putting it out there, see if you're interested. And I was like, wow. And he sent me a few episodes, so I started looking at the episodes, and I was like, oh, wow, this is unbelievable.
0: A little bit more about those later on, but anybody that would have known you, uh, the hardest thing possibly you would have uh, had to deal with in Hell Week, Ireland, is uh, the lack of food. Uh, it seemed to be that there was very limited food uh, available, and for a big man like yourself, who in from college days would come in and. Eat out a whole refrigerator of food from any house. Uh,
1: what was that like? Definitely, yeah, Tom. The the food intake for me was was a huge thing. <clears throat> you know, um, we were on rations. You know, uh, every time we did get food, it was either either um a, two pieces of white bread, a bit of ham stuck in the middle, and a, a and a cup of tea. You know, or else we'd get pot noodles. You know, and um, definitely, I knew that you know. Uh, one of the hardest things now looking back and it, it definitely was uh, the struggling for me and um, the, the the amount of food the food I was given but thankfully like you know um, I know in the first episode you see uh, O'Shea Murphy he doesn't he, you know the, the poor lad he's about what is he 50 or 60 50 or 60 kilos or whatever and um, you know we get an opportunity to eat a sandwich and a cup of tea, but obviously he doesn't, he doesn't eat his. And then, um, you know, he gives it to, you know, myself and Owen Cadigan. So I split it with Owen, but, you know, you know, it's just like small gestures like that, that, you know, people in there help me out, which uh, I was grateful for.
0: And Oshie Murphy, uh, he seemed to get a bit of a stick there in the, in the opening scenes or the opening episodes of the Hell Week. Uh, He comes from a sport that's very, uh, singular driven so was it tough for him like i know the probably environment that you were in with 20 people in the dorm was kind of like a gea dressing room or an afl dressing room tough for him coming in on that setting
1: yeah i'd imagine so you know if 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 you're not you know in 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 um team sports or you know obviously horse racing is you know um it's a one man obviously a one man sport like but um you know, you'd, you'd imagine that though you'd have um, jockeys, you know, in 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 the rooms like you know, it's like like anything else when you when you play for state teams or you play for your country, like you know, obviously different counties. You know, when I played with Ireland, different counties get together and they play. But I'd imagine it'd be like that in a in a jockey jockey room. You know, each jockey would know himself, know each other, obviously, because they'd be. They'd, racing in the same meet. So I'm sure enough, but, um, yeah, definitely, obviously, um, meeting Oshin was an unbelievable experience, you know, um, you know, uh, obviously he's, everyone's known all the, you know, all the troubles that he's gone through. It's been publicly noted, you know, and, um, to, to get involved in something like that, you know, put, put your balls on the line and, uh, you know, go for it is, um, you know, uh, obviously unbelievable and i've got a lot of respect for that um um you don't really find out until after after the show and that after i've seen that you know all the fears that the people face you know they don't you know no one goes into the show saying oh it's time to like uh, i'm shit scared of heights there i mean you just like hear them being interviewed you know when they're being interviewed you're like oh man you know you know, Oshina. Obviously, he he got drowned. You know, he was, he he drowned when he was a kid. So obviously, you know, if I drowned when I was a kid, definitely my fear fear of the water would be, you know, would be relevant and would be prevalent there. But obviously, um, he faced his fears. You know what I mean? Like the guy jumped into the ocean straight off the bat, he, knowing that you know he he had drowned before. But um, to be able, you know, to To comprehend that and to be able to do that is uh, unbelievable. A lot of of kudos for not only him, but for all the other, you know, contestants, all the the other recruits that, you know, had, had some type of fear and had faced it inside Hell Week, you know. And you can, the list goes on, like, you know, I know Owen was... You know, scared of heights. So, you know, obviously, when looking back in it now, you know, uh, like I don't know how, man. When you're you you you're scared of that, you're scared of that, and you know, to trust yourself in you know to be pushed into it, and uh, you know, especially even on national TV, they pushed in, and you know, overcoming that is unbelievable. You know, day
0: one, Santi of uh, Hell Week Ireland. You're in the hotel. You're in the bus, and then all of a sudden, you're in the bus, and you're being stalked by three or four uh, helicopters. What was that like? It was a very good opening scene where the helicopter landed on the bridge and kind of kicked you into gears straight away.
1: Yeah, I guess um, at the hotel, the banter was still, you know, obviously there was a bit of nerves there. Um, we had lunch together and, um, we, was, you know, uh, had lunch, sitting around, cup of tea. And then uh, we went into, I went back up into my rooms. We had uh, like an hour and a half to go up and, um, you know, pack, pack the rest of your belongings and whatnot. And I had a kind of a sleep for like about an, uh, you know 45, 50 minutes. And then um came back down and obviously we all jumped in the bus, chatting away, the crack, you know, just talking, you know, sharing each other's stories. But then it shit got real, obviously, when you know we started seeing the helicopters flying around and like, oh, it's about the shit's about to go down. And everyone started you now screaming, you know what I mean? And um so Obviously when the heli- when the helicopter lands, you know, and um all the DSs jump out, just run in the bus and start screaming, get the F out of the bus, get the hell out of the bus, uh, stop eyeballing me. You know what I mean? So uh, like, oh yeah, this is about to go on. So um it's kinda of weird feeling really, like, you know, when uh, you yeah, I've, I've obviously I've never been in that situation and uh, you know, now that I experienced it, like it's just you know the thought process around me was that, obviously, we're we we're in we're in their dome, so we got to do what they do. So um, and um, that's kind of my 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 philosophy, obviously. And 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 you know, when someone a person of authority is is uh, ahead of you, yo, you got you gotta um, you gotta give them that respect. So.
0: And the, Ray Goggins, uh, the DSs were very much the stars of the show as well. Uh, they were brilliant. Uh, tough ah. men, tough men, and had some great one-liners. Um, tough gig did they do? They're, tough work. It wasn't. They weren't holding back in any of the. Uh, they weren't making it pretty for you. Is that the best way to say it?
1: Yeah, I get. Um, definitely so. Um, um, you can only imagine Tom what they've been put through in their life. You know. I could only imagine, like you know, um, sp- special operative forces. You know, to you know, to be to be involved in that for so many years. You know, um, you know, we we go out to work. Me, you, the rest of the people, the public. We go out to work, and you know, we put in a good eight day, eight hours. You know, that's all that's asked for us, and we come home to our families. These guys, they go out to work. They don't know if they're home. And that that kind of put it in perspective, you know. Um, to to just picture yourself walking out the door, telling your loved ones, you know what I mean. Um, uh, I babe, I love you. Say goodbye to the kids, and then um, you know, you might then like eight ten hours later, you don't come home. You know what I mean? And um, you know what kind of impact that leaves, you know, or uh, you know, so to mentally. Be in that position to go out there, not knowing that you're not coming back. That, that 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 you know that speaks volumes of like the kind of character these guys are, you know. And um, I the amount of you know the amount of tasks that they've they've done, you know, in that environment, you know, obviously it's just a different, different, different kettle of fish altogether. And but,
0: and day um, one and day one, then the uh, helicopter jump. Uh, you were with Fiona or Carl. Some nice moments with you there, just uh, kind of making sure that she was okay. Were you, in any way, it seemed to be the whole show that you were pretty relaxed and you were pretty uh, able for what was being thrown at you. But uh, Fiona was struggling a little bit at the start. How were you at the beginning?
1: Yeah, I've, um, everything was new to me, obviously, and um, I tried to take it in as much as I could. You know, um, you know, uh, the, a lot of the J, a lot of hurling, you know, growing up, a lot of Playing AFL held, held it held me in good stead, you know. Obviously, um, knowing knowing how to you know relax yourself in um in t- tough situations, you know situations, you know. Obviously, when you play in front of eighty thousand people, you know, and you do it for a period of time, you know, you get used to it. So. You know, I was kind of used to that. I was used to, obviously, my coaches screaming and shouting at me, you know, obviously, part and parcel of sport, you know, constructive criticism. So um, uh, did I ever have fears in playing football? Like, yes, I did. My biggest fear was always not performing at a level where my coaches thought I didn't perform. So that kind of drove me on. And um, and uh, same again with any other any other recruit that went in. You know, everyone had fears. Whatever, whatever event we did, whatever was you know, fear of heights, fear of swimming. You know, claustrophobia So um, yeah, all in all. But um, he, going back to Fiona, uh, unbelievable effort for her. Like you know, uh, she was uh, didn't know how to swim and scared of heights. So <clears throat> when I went into the helicopter with her, obviously you know she started out. She, started crying, you know, she was, um, but it, what, what do you do in that initial, it, what do you do in that instance? You try to, you know, you try to talk them through it, keep them calm, keep them relaxed, you know, obviously your teammate of there. So, you know, you encouragement all the time and, um, you know, uh, positive feedback. That's what I've told him in, in my playing days, you know, uh, positive feedback. And I'm, um, you know, and uh, obviously, you know, that's what you do in, um, tough situations like that, you try to be the best teammate you can. And, um, you know, it was unbelievable. It was great to be a part of. Um, uh, uh, Unbelievable f- to see her, you know, um, jump out of the helicopter and swim, not only, sw- you know, swim and uh, face her fears. Like, you know, it was um, unbelievable. So yeah, I proud think,
0: of her. I think that's one of, the, one, one, one of the very endearing things about the show. It's it brings out the different characters from all walks of life and what struggles they're now going through. Uh, she was going through a few struggles of her own, unlike like most people. Um I don't know anybody that hasn't any struggles at the current time. But um yes. the fight night then, uh, where you were you were put up against the Eric Donovan at one stage there, were
1: you? Yeah, I was, I was. I guess um he I uh, if my memory if my memory's right, he he fought. He who did, he fought someone anyway. I forget who it was and obviously the DSS said he wasn't it was it was a girl I think it was Rebecca yeah. or it could have been Kira Griffin and um, obviously the DSS said, thought he didn't give a, a good account of it so obviously he got joined in with me but um, yeah obviously the man's an unbelievable boxer and you know I, obviously he just won um, yeah. European he, Championship he, he won a European Championship so obviously um yeah to to box and to spar with him was uh you know obviously a, a, a great experience and um, yeah definitely uh, uh, something i can look back on obviously and 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 and, and laugh about and uh, enjoy, you know obviously it was a, it was a good time and um, billy holland also got the box with him uh, you know two big men going at it so uh, now it was good you know obviously looking back on it now um uh uh, the boxers, I mean, the Ds, all they wanted was to see if you had control. You, you, you could have controlled aggression. So if you did cop a slap, you know that you'd, you wouldn't go back and you know just burst it out or you know let, let your emotions get the best year, and just to see if you can control yourself, you know, um, and uh, uh, be clever about your boxing. So um, I guess um, all of us did it unbelievably well. And um, you know, the obviously the DSs were happy with uh, what they saw.
0: And another moment in the show, then the long pipe that you had to go down, big man like yourself, six foot seven. Uh, what was that like in the middle of the night and having a hood over your head, and a guy just tear it open and go get into
1: get into the hole? <laughs> yeah, that was um, look um me personally I did not I didn't have a fear of I never I never had a uh, I wasn't claustrophobic or anything um going into it, it definitely wasn't claustrophobic I knew that because um I've been in tight situations before like you know obviously with work and uh but what I have what I wasn't um in before was in an 18 inch pipe and when I jumped into it my body got stuck and um that kind of scared me, so I had to, like, distort my body, I had to pull my arms, bring my arms in and push them forward like this, and then, obviously, I had to snake, I could I couldn't move, so I had to snake my way forward, and um, the first initial 20 seconds when I jumped in, I couldn't move, I was like, holy shit, how am I going to move, how am I going to get out here, and then I hear the DS's shouting and warning, get out of there, get the hell, get the hell out of there, number seven, get out, get the fuck out of there, number seven, so... When they were there, I just, you know, obviously all these emotions come into play and you know, you kick into gear and thankfully enough, I found a way, like you always do, you find a way, and I just wiggled my way to you know through the tunnel. And um that that was kind of thing that's one of the things that scared me the most was obviously the first 20 seconds, not knowing uh you know if I could fit in that pipe. But um look, thankfully I did and I got through it. So
0: and what was the dorm like then at night, say when uh when the Lights went out. Uh, did you get much sleep? Obviously, I wouldn't think you would've got too much sleep. But did you get any sleep, or was it quiet, or was it lively, or was it very much serious the whole way?
1: Oh no! Like when the dorms out, when the dorms, everyone went to sleep. The sleep, the lights went out. Like any, like I'm a very light sleeper, so obviously, I need I need not I need um the less noise for me the better. But once. I won't name certain guys, but certain guys were snoring like fucking buffaloes or (laughs) rhinoceroses. So all I could hear was people snoring. So, yeah, definitely no sleep there. Um, The only place I tried to get some sleep was then, you know, the anywhere we went on a anywhere we went for an event and we were I, all the so obviously the buses were all blackened out so I couldn't see anything so whether we were driving at day or night it was still the same so uh, I'd go back to the back of the bus and just try to sleep if, wherever whatever I could get the 45 minutes or the hour I can get so I'm pretty sure over the last over the 6-7 days the 6 days that I was there I um, I would have got about 10 10 hours sleep so that you know, with the food intake and the lack of sleep was just you know obviously a major factor, you know.
0: And then uh, scratch uh, looked absolutely hell. Scratch, uh, good few people yeah. actually went out on scratch. But what was that experience like? Uh, was anything like you've trained before? Was anything like uh, your pro training with AFL?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I I know I know mentally days days like scratch. I had days like that when I when I played afl you know in preseason but it didn't go on as long you know we 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 trained like that for maybe an hour an hour and 15 minutes you know nothing that it never went on for that long you know but the scratch was so relentless and the mental thing about it was that you didn't know when it was going to stop and that was the biggest thing for a lot of people you know um for me it was one of it is the hardest event was the hardest event up there it was yeah it was probably that and the hike was the hardest event for me but um just the fact knowing that you know i, don't, I didn't know when it was going to end and um like everyone says it you know it, it is the hardest you know, it is the hardest event, and obviously it takes no prisoners. As you said, like the you know three or four dropped out, but they were so close. When you look back in it now, and you see they're like 50, 50, 50 meters from the line, and um, but just the fact that not knowing that the line was right there in front of you, you know, I'm sure if they knew the line was right there in front of you, they would have made it. But obviously, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. That was it? that Tom. was the
0: grenade. That was the grenade that was thrown in to say that was going to be an extra four or five hours that really caught a couple of people out and uh, surprising actually.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I look, I, I was going through the same thing myself. You know, I was like, oh, um, you know, how, oh, when is this going to last? You know, um, did I have a, in my head that I was going to quit in scratch? Uh, I don't think so. The only thing that I had in the doubt I had in the back of my mind was obviously if I did get injured, you know, or if my body broke down, you know, I'd, I had multiple, multiple knee injuries, my shoulder you know uh, i i didn't know whether they would hold up but um you know thankfully you know it did hell up and uh, it did hold up and um you know i was i was able to do each event but um yeah that's the only kind of doubt i had in my mind but a uh, doubt of um stopping or handing over my badge I uh, handing over my number no not really <laughs> obviously um when you come to that point and you're you've just spent everything and you can't go on anymore you know obviously uh, you know you then then you realise, you know, but um, yeah, sc- scratch will definitely go down in the history books for me anyway.
0: And you did funnily enough get uh, in trouble with your helmet. It uh, he was taped to your head at one stage, albeit you had to kneel down for him to tape to your head. How did that come about or why did uh, you get stuck with the helmet?
1: Yeah, I thought I was I thought I was um, being proactive or being smart that um, so, so anything we did, whether it was to go to the dry room, get new, get our clothes that were wet, get them dried and you know, bring them back, whatever. Uh, go to the toilet, go have a shower. You had to take your gun and you had to take your helmet with you at all times. And also you had to take the, um, uh, the microphones. So the three of them had to go, three of them things had to go through at all times. So obviously I was in and out of the room in and out of the room three or four times so I kind of trying to be smart about it and I said I'll just wear the helmet I'll wear the helmet you know and then I I won't have to take it off obviously a bad move Um, you're not allowed you aren't allowed to wear your helmets in there so yeah, the DS came, comes running in. He goes, Oh, you can't take fucking instructions, can you, number seven? Are you that stupid number seven. You know what I mean? And he's tying it around my head and goes, No, DS, no DS, you know? So obviously he goes, You like it so much? Are you tape? You want to sleep with it, number seven? And he goes, Oh, no, DS. You know, like, obviously, yeah. Uh, so um, just um, myself and Ashling, you know, obviously uh, got the helmets taped to us, but it's all part and parcel of them, of being in there, I guess
0: and a, a very uh, good character in the show was Johnny Ward i know you're you're you got very close to Johnny Ward uh, since the show as well um he was yeah. a very good co- uh, contestant especially uh, in the the theme where he said he wanted to hide the body
1: <laughs> yeah yeah the search and rescue um yeah he, he was he was given obviously the orderly sergeant task for that and um um uh, what can we say he had a bit of a mare did he <laughs> so um and uh, obviously when when it was taken from him you know uh, he's disappointed shattered but look after the show i you know I, i've had multiple talks with johnny and i tell you straight bro tom i would be in, in the same boat man that experience is um was the most unbelievable experience i ever had in my life you know um it was so, so real that, like, when we got up there, the helicopter had crashed, smoke everywhere, uh, three three guys, uh, two guys with amputeed legs, you know what I mean, mm. and uh, blood coming out, like, it was just unbelievable, and, um, you know, panic stages setting in, you know, but um, look, from him coming, from him going to that, and then obviously, man, Uh, As you just spoke about, uh, fight night, when he he dislocated his shoulder, actually popped out. And, you know, I thought, okay, that's Johnny done, you know, great effort, whatever. Well, doctors put it back into place. And not only, only, you know, it's back in, he jumps in and, you know, he pulls a freaking bus with us, you know, he goes through, he does board, board events. And obviously, Tom, he like, you know, he gets through to, he gets through to the hike. Like, you know, unbelievable, unbelievable mental, uh, mental, men, mental and determination is unbelievable. Um, you know, how much he showed, you know, I, I, I've been involved in teams and players that, you know, that would virtually break a finger. You know, and that'd be them done for like six weeks. You know, and the the thing that impresses me most about it is that Johnny is not a, uh, he's not a you know he's not an athlete like he's not mm-hmm. a sports person. So, I, I you know obviously it's his ability his ability to um, get through his the pain threshold and you know mental toughness. Uh, obviously, it's been in him. Throughout his whole life, and um, obviously it's came, it's just come out, and he's all he's always had it, and man, does he he's got it in abundance. And, and I, an, I told him like, another, yeah, I told him. Right, sorry. No, no, I told him like that. Uh, no, for me, that's one of the most remarkable things that you know he, he did on the show, you know, and he should be extremely, extremely proud of what he did.
0: Another a girl on the show that was very much a leader and uh, very, very good was Kira Griffin. She was Mm. excellent. Very good communicator and uh, came across brilliantly well. um, Former (coughs) women's rugby player with Ireland.
1: Yeah, definitely, Tom. Um, If there's one thing I can take out of the whole experience is uh, leadership qualities. Um, That woman, she's got it in an abundance. Obviously, you know, um what she's done in her whole life you know rugby uh, captain of the rugby the irish rugby team you know uh, um just to see uh, to see her take control of everything you know and uh but um obviously she's been in in that environment before um, she just stepped in and just took control of everything and it was amazing to see you know and um obviously uh, uh i was like that's definitely something i can learn from because um, uh, would I be a natural leader? No, I, w- I wouldn't think I'd be a natural leader. You know, I, w- I would need a lot of room for, um, you know, growth and, um, you know, obviously mentorship. You know, I would have needed a lot of mentorship along the way, you know. Obviously, the older I'm getting, the easier it has gotten for me. But, um, you know, obviously her on natural TV, uh, just, to, you know, control everything and um, you know but uh, even her efforts herself like uh, unbelievable to another, be and one and of another, the last two
0: Another uh, lady I thought was very very good I thought she was yes a little bit emotional on it but I thought she did very very well was Rebecca O'Rourke and she actually didn't quit uh, she was willing to continue on uh, she got through scratch and she continued and continued on I know she was probably accused of not contributing as much as anybody else but I thought she was a brilliant character in it
1: oh look Tom I don't care what you say or what anyone says to last that long is unbelievable like you know what I mean Um to go through each event you know and you know we're all given a hundred percent like we're all given a hundred percent some people a hundred percent is different than other people's hundred percent you're always giving you maximum effort you know what i mean and um you know uh what she you know obviously um what's the word was she uh the or you know what it is pinpointing her me you know what i mean but um uh she can be very proud of her efforts man because um you know it wasn't easy and um you know Obviously, the last night when she gets called out and she doesn't get the opportunity to, you know, uh, do the hike, you know, obviously the very emotional scene, um, very tough. Obviously, myself, I was, <laughs> I got amped up too. Obviously, getting picked picked out by your peers, so. But uh, no, no, obviously, uh, her fears. Um, looking back in the the tunnel, she she was claustrophobic, you know, and she that like it and. She wasn't gonna do it, and then you know she jumped back out, and then she jumped in, and she you know she faced her fears. So, no, nah, you know there's um nothing but you know obviously very proud of each and everyone that you know, went 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 into Hell Week, you know, uh, alongside of me, and um you know from Paul Ryder being the first out to like you know to me myself uh, Dave Gillick and Billy finishing it like you know I, I just can't speak high enough of everybody and be. Put, putting yourself out there for the country to see you know uh, alone is like you know what I mean obviously that's a great that's unbelievable you know kudos to everyone uh, but um you know obviously on national tv and to face all your fears that's unbelievable itself like you know and um people that do that you know can only excel in life you know and um I'm grateful I got to do it all
0: and just before you mentioned it there briefly, uh, you didn't like being called out by Eric Donovan uh, to say that you weren't <laughs> going to finish it, uh, knowing you uh, that would have needed you a little bit uh, too much, and you were talking about your integrity and all of that. Uh, how much did that really hurt?
1: Oh, look, um, like anything in life, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I through my time in sport, I've, I, you know, you, know, you got to be able to take constructive criticism, you know, but um, I felt that. Uh, he the, ta- the the object of that task was to pick someone that you thought that would make it, wouldn't make it up the mountain so if he thought I wasn't gonna make it up the mountain obviously but that was a kind of bit so um when someone questions you like that or one of your peers question you like that you know um it does it, it, you know it it questions you know it questions it questions your uh determination or your mindset so um <clears throat> I've, i felt like i've been an underdog my whole life so you know whether it's playing ga or you know play playing AFL, you know and um that was just another notch in the belt like you know so uh, definitely um it gave me a lot of motivation. You know, um was I pissed off about it? Yeah, I was pissed off about it, you know what I mean? So no 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 one likes to be called out, yeah. So um uh back right there I felt like I had done I had done just as much as everybody and um obviously they get called out. But um yeah, uh
0: you can probably understand it, then it Definitely. They, you can probably understand then how Rebecca and were, and all the people that kind of were being picked out and picked on by the DSs, how if that happened to you, it would have been a tougher time as well. Now, obviously, oh. obviously you didn't give them reason to do that, I know. But mentally, when somebody's giving out to you like that all of the time, even when you're doing your best, you can kind of
1: understand uh, the
0: emotion that they show.
1: Oh, definitely, Tom. You hit it on the head there. Like, if you feel that like you're giving 100% and there's someone shouting down you know effing and blinding you that you're not giving a hundred percent that's hard to comprehend you know what i mean obviously i got a bit i got a taste of that and it wasn't nice you know what i mean so i can only imagine people that, that were getting it all the time you know what i mean so um obviously you saw my reaction <laughs> and uh but uh definitely anything anything in life you know that gave me that would uh, you know Spur me on or anything like that that definitely um you know going up that mountain i did I did have it in my head that like you know obviously um if someone questions me on that they're obviously they're not gonna beat me, so uh, it did give me a, a lot of motivation going up there, so um he did me a favor, let's say that
0: <laughs> and possibly one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite episodes of the show was foreman Afman, the scenery, oh. the way they shot it like the whole show was shot absolutely unbelievable but that scenery like you just want to go there and do the hike obviously not in with 60 kg in your back or whatever but yeah. um what was that like for you
1: uh to be honest tom looking back at at that point in time that moment uh uh I I really wasn't taking any of the scenery in I was just hit. like I had 50 pounds on my back and I had a hike and I had to get to point A to point B and all I was thinking about was the next the next the next field the next fence so I was just bit I was just you know I got to get here I gotta get to this point. I gotta get to this point. Um, I gotta. So they had they had flags out for us. Each flag out at one stage during the hike because I was on my own for a fair 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 share of it. I kind of took off and um. So I I just got I count started counting the flags. You know, flag one, flag two. I got to two hundred and then I lost count and I started again. So and that's all I was worried about. But. I tell you now, when I watch, look back, and I watch the <clears throat> the footage and the scenery, you'll never get a more beautiful part part of the country you know, than the Galtee Mountains, or for that matter, you'll never get a beautiful part in the world than Ireland. Like you know, the scenery, the way it was shot, it kind of it was unbelievable. It portrayed everything about you know Ireland, the good, the bad, you know, the the, the shocking weather beforehand. Mm. It was my right. We jumped out of the bus literally. It starts storming down on top of us. We're standing there, freezing cold, and they're briefing us, and we're just soaking wet. And then we get, you know, they weigh the bags, you know. But you get all the wetters, and then you get that scenery. It's un- un- breathtaking, like you know what I mean. So, and um definitely as you said before i'm definitely going to do that hike but it's going to be minus the the 50 pounds i'm going to do that hike and i'm going to do many many different hikes you know obviously um training training up training for the hell week you know i had um three three uh just about 10 weeks to prepare for it 10 or 12 weeks um when they told me about it so um yeah less than 10 weeks i think and uh you know obviously i started doing hikes and um you know there's the thing that I will enjoy, I enjoy going on hikes. You know, I enjoy uh, um, either hike with people or on. Own, you know, and um, it's something that I I I've grown I've grown fond of. So definitely, I'll be doing more hikes than that. And hiking all over all over the country is definitely on my agenda from now on.
0: Hiking is is to me hiking is a small bit uh, like golf. Is you can go hiking with somebody of all ranges and all uh, kind of you don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be very good at hiking. You just have to be there. And present. Same as golf. You go and play at all age groups. Uh, it doesn't matter what your handicap is. Each one can play together. So it's a good idea that you're thinking to go into that the hiking mode, say, because it is a good way and a good way for people to spend a, a morning or a, a half a day or maybe a day. Um, And I know you're beginning to do hikes in the new year in May and yep. that one. You come back from Hawaii. Um, is there any hike that you're gonna do in Hawaii that pe- people might be able to uh log on and go on to? Expensive, oh. I know, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if you get your ticket out here and you wanna come with hiking with me, I've got I've done out of the twelve biggest hikes in Hawaii, I've done about eight of them so far. I've they range between one hour hikes, two hour hikes six-hour hikes and 10-hour hikes, you pick and choose, they've got elevations, you know what I mean, different trains. you got them all, I've done them all, so, um, you know, uh, obviously, you know, hiking, hiking is, like you said, all aspects, man, you know, you can start hiking from the age of, like, Twelve years old hike all the way to your 65 you know my dad my dad lives in Donegal and he hikes up them donegal mountains you know once a week you know and then the man's almost 73 years old and he's still hiking away so obviously <clears throat> um it's for everybody which is beautiful and um you know obviously um i enjoyed it so much that you know obviously I'll be going back to the galti mountains i'll be going you know I would love to do Quran tool you know Gugan Barra. I'll be doing hikes you know I'll be going to Donegal you know all over hikes and um uh it's just a way to obviously if you've had a you know i had a tough week at work you know release a bit of steam you know you can go up to the mountains and you can you know you can you know i you can get a lot of fresh air, you know, you, you know, you can get ideas up there, you know. It's just a great way to relax, I feel, you know. And also, you know, you a workout out. And um as you said, Tom, it's for all ages. So I'm 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 looking forward to like, you know, the hikes and you know, I posted them up on my website, ww Anyone's interested, you know, um we're gonna have a, you know half day hikes there, you know, bite to eat in the morning nice hike, lunch in the evenings, lunch in the evening, you know, and just get good opportunity to meet people, you know, I'll be getting, you know, other recruits with me, you know, and uh, other GA players, you know, that want to come along. So, um, it'll be great, you know, something different um, for everybody and, you know, if you're training away and you're doing, uh, you know, your pre-season, pre-season training, your winter training and uh, you want to you wanna do this on the side, you know, and um, uh, for for a bit of conditioning, yeah, all in good. Brilliant. The more the merrier.
0: <laughs> and two guys that actually didn't make the time, but they made it up was Owen Cadigan and <clears throat> Fergus McFadden. What was it like standing in that line and they getting called forward and saying they didn't actually make the time? Were you thinking of the time or were you conscious of the time when you were going up for Manhattan?
1: Um, I wasn't conscious of the time. No, I wasn't. The only thing I was conscious about was obviously being at the being at the head being at the head you know, obviously if you're at the start, if you're at the, if you're at the top, um, you know, you, you me, that's my initial thought is that if you're one, two or three, that you get a chance to go into the next event. Yeah. So, uh, I kind of had that, you know, always wanting to be at, at the top. Mm. And, um, so, uh, when the time, when they said, when they mentioned the time, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Cause they did mention the time at the start. They said that there was going to be a time and, you, you can't fall out at that time. So I kind of didn't take much heat with it at the time, but obviously when with the amount. I, I'd like to see over, I'd like to see over the five, five seasons that like um we had seven guys pass, I think. So it was myself, Dave Gillick, Billy Holland. It was Eric Donovan. It was Owen catigan Ferg, and then it was uh, Peter, Finn. Peter Finn. So seven of us. So I don't know if seven has ever finished that, you know, four-man halfman. So it was an unbelievable effort for seven people in the one in the one group to finish it. You know, obviously massive respect for each and every one of us that did finish it because, along with scratch, it was unbelievable. Like you know, it was um to, to carry fifty pounds and uh, for five and a half hours. Unbelievable effort, and even to like Ashling, Kira, and to also um, you know um, Johnny, I know they didn't finish it, but like man, to carry that like two women carried fifty pounds for that long. You know what I mean, after what they did, people don't realize uh, when they're on, when you watch the show, Tom, you only watch it for that hour. Yeah, you, people forget. People forget. Like your mind forgets that these guys did X, Y, and Z leading up to this like you know we jumped out of a helicopter we did the paintball we did the claustrophobia um we did scratch we did all these events before this we did the log you know what i mean we did the team bonding event you know we did all these events before that and now you're expected to put 50 on your back and Trojan up that hill for five hours, ah, Come on, you know. So unbelievable effort, unbelievable effort from everyone, and especially the girls, man. You know, a lot of respect, a lot of respect for Kira, a lot of respect for Ashling. But it kind of um, you know, uh, it sums. If you look back, if sums up um them mentally and physically and their determination. Obviously, Kira being a rugby player and Ashling being a you. They've obviously got so much, so much determination, like, and it showed, like, it showed the whole way through. So it was amazing to see, like, you know what I mean? And for any woman, for any woman watching that show or anyone, you know, watching it out there, you know, they should, they should get a lot of inspiration from that.
0: And then uh, the water hose. I have to talk about that, that seemed to be absolutely <laughs> torture, especially oh. cold water uh, in your face, couldn't breathe. <clears throat> What was that yeah. like? I know that was the the kind of coming to the end of it. Uh, at that yeah. stage before that happened, where you kind of going uh, all the kind of tough tasks are gone now? It's going to be just tactical from here on in
1: yeah majority of the yeah the tough tasks as you said Tom was were over like you know but this is uh, for me uh, it was like more, it, the mental side now kicks in like you know your ability your ability to take information in your ability to process it you know <clears throat> communicate properly so all these all the major key aspects obviously of when um, you know, when you're special operative and uh, doing all that while you're tired was unbelievable unbelievable experience but uh, as you said about the, the water you you, uh, you know that's that was one of my biggest things also sorry um, before the show was <clears throat> um, confronting the cold Atlantic Ocean bro how cold the wet, weather mm-hmm. the cold was you know obviously I've been in, in Australia for like 17 years and been in Hawaii for the last four the weather is obviously a t- totally opposite you know I, I went I went for a swim yesterday uh, you know, and uh, it's on my Instagram. Like I did a recovery session, but the minute Tom, I jumped into that water, but it was like a furnace. <laughs> <laughs> how, 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 how hot that water was. I was like, Oh, I generally can jump into there for like two, three hours, but not a bother to me. I jumped into the ocean and I jumped into the ocean in Cork, but the thing but my nuts shriveled up to my stomach man straight off the bat you know so it was so so cold freezing man freezing so when i got watered with the hose and i stood there for 20 minutes by i was like oh, i can't believe i'm doing this man and i was shaking 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 and poor eric donovan man he was last to, he was last to get interrogated so i know i was like third uh third cab off the rank so i would have been there for probably 20 Let's say 15 minutes, that poor man was there for an hour and a half, easy an hour and a half, bro. I was shaking. And it was like unbelievable. And looking back at it, I was like, I can't believe I actually had the mental capacity, you know. Every time I had when I had the bag over my head and I was freezing cold, I was just picturing myself in Hawaii with my wife on the beach, relaxing. You know what I mean? Hmm. Just enjoying. I was like, I'm gonna give me, give me a couple more days, I'll be out of here. I'll see my family, I'll see my wife, you know what I mean? I'll tell her all about it. And that's all I was thinking of, because I tell her now, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. You, I don't know, like... Um, you kind of you kind like, of fell to um, the ground at one stage there. Oh, I got water, but when, man, when I turned around and they, they hosed me straight in my face... I couldn't breathe, Tom. Couldn't breathe at all. The thing, the mask was sucking me back, sucking my face back. I was like, "This is uh, when, when, when is someone gonna come and pull the mask off my face or whatever?" You know what I mean? <laughs> and it didn't happen. So I was like, I was like, <gasps> I was like that, and I was like, oh, "Am I gonna breathe? Oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe." So what I did was, I my hands were tied, so I just dropped to the floor. Dropped to the floor, started rolling around, trying to get them, trying to get the bag out of my head. I was looked, it looked hilarious on TV, like, but um, you know, obviously trying to breed was um was my main ob- objective.
0: <laughs> and poor Eric, uh, he didn't make, mm. didn't pass, which was extremely hard to take because he had done everything, um, and they kind of didn't pass him because of kind of a I don't know a weakness or something. Did he show? Or, in the tactical battle but he had done absolutely everything and it was it was cruel i know they have to do it but it was still cruel and eric how did he take that how did you feel for yeah.
1: him oh look i've i've really felt for him like you know um to do everything and not pass you know even social media you know even my instagram was blown up like you know i you really feel for a guy like that you know what i mean <clears throat> um if i was in that situation yes extremely extremely disappointing but in saying that since the show you know he's gone on and been European champion so obviously that sparked that sparked more more more, you know obviously um, more fight more determination and um, he's gone on to like you know excel in life and you know obviously hell week is hell week it was it was unbelievable to finish yeah don't get me wrong I know it's something that you know I'll be forever grateful. I'm blessed that I finished it, but you know, it's not the be in, uh, be all and end of the world. You know what I mean? When you go back into reality, get back into life, you know, mm. look, look what he's after achieving. But what I will say is that this is an unbelievable stepping stone to, you know, to facing all different types of fears or, you know, or, um, you know, getting yourself or resetting yourself back and in- Back and track in life, you know. Uh, I know a lot, a lot of, a lot of the recruits, you know, have went into went into hell week, and um, you know, they were kind of uh, like I said, I was meandering through life, you know, um, I know whether I was coming or going. I I know I, I had a million ideas in my head, you know, I I wanted to you know start this up, start X, that Y, but I, I I never really had a passion for anything. I kind of lost my way in that way. And, uh, um, you know, time you develop it, you know, obviously my passion now in sport has always been there. And it's, you know, it's rekindled my passion in sport. Obviously, you know, being an electrician now, you know, enjoying that, finding, just finding my, finding my feet in life. And that's what, you know, some recruits have done. So all in all, it's been an amazing it's been an amazing, um, you know, uh, ride for everybody, really, whether you're resetting your life, reinventing yourself, you know, going in for uh, looking at it for a different purpose in life or, you know, you, you just want to test yourself, you know. It's just accumulation of everything. And, and it, it was great that, the, you know, the Irish public got to see that.
0: And a couple of boys that did pass with you, uh, Billy Holland, he was just rock solid from the start. Uh, seemed like a really solid character. And uh, David Gillick, who was obviously a very good Olympic athlete, uh, but he was a surprise package that he passed it.
1: Um, meant uh, for me, no, uh, straight on, I know, no, not not really. Uh, a lot of people were surprised that they passed, but you got to understand, you know, uh, you got to understand, um, uh, m- s- like olympic olympic sports yeah, you, know, you gotta understand running yeah 800 meter 400 meters when um people that do that have an unbelievable unbelievable um uh what uh, determination they've got self-belief um unbelievable character you know what i mean uh resilience that's the word i was looking for they've got an he's got an unbelievable resilience because um in preseason when i when when I played Aussie rules, we'd do a lot of track running you know so um after after two hour session, we'd head over to the track and then we'd run eight hundreds four hundreds two hundreds then we'd come back up pyramid style, or else we'd do like a two k time trial one point one k time trial, and like what I've learned that people that do that they just build an unbelievable resilience. So um, straight off the bat, when I know that Dave was an Olympic runner, the amount of years and years and years of um, mental toughness he's got, he's got it in abundance over everybody. So I wasn't surprised that he won, but he did it with such humility. You know, He, um, he was the first orderly sergeant, you know what I mean? So, to watch him do that, obviously he was, mad when you're first cab off the rank, doing that kind of stuff, crazy, crazy, uh, I, I, I don't know if I were not as good as he would have done it, you know, but, um, uh, you know, just unbelievable effort from Dave, and also Billy, like, m- unbelievable, unbelievable, like you could see he, the guy's a natural born leader, you know, <clears throat> not only did he lead by example, you know, he, his ability to cum- communicate, um, he was like the epitome of a team player inside there, you know, and, um, you know, obviously uh, great man, great man to encourage, motivate also. And i um, just, I'm so grateful that I got to do it with them two guys and I got to finish it with them because, um, you know, it was uh, unbelievable, unbelievable.
0: And what was it like then afterwards? Uh, I know the guys came in, the DS's came in with the yeah. beers after. Did you spend <laughs> long with them after or did they kind of calm down and mellow a little bit? After the show, or were they still in character?
1: No, 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 no. Um, After the show, Tom, it was all like, you know, all smiles, pats, pats on the back. Um, Yeah, it was a t- just a nice touch, Tom, you know. Obviously, going through what we went through and then to come in, it just made me realise how much of a team environment it was really, like, you know, that you would, you know, coaches and players through my whole career, you know, You'd ride the ups and ride the downs along the way, you know. So, whenever there was, whenever we'd have a loss, you know what I mean, everything would be all doom gloomy, and then whenever we'd have a win, we'd all celebrate together. And it's just brought back great, great memories for me. It was a great touch that they'd come in, have the beers with us, and you know, obviously it was a welcome sight. We'd gone through so much, but just, just to you know, sit down and. Talk to them for that, you know, a couple of hours about their life experiences, what they thought of us on the show, obviously, it was unbelievable, just a great insight. And um, it made me realize, like, uh, you know, how how fortunate we were to actually do it and how fortunate we were to experience it that, and, um, you know, it was just great great memories, you know.
0: And uh, sadly, it's actually the last one. It was the last dance. Um, It's not coming back. Uh, would you ever do any sort of a kind of a a show like that before, <clears> or <throat> oh, sorry again?
1: Oh look, Tom, I uh, never say never, but I tell you now, um, it take me it take me a lot it take a lot of persuading for me to do something like that again, because um, you definitely got to empty the you got to empty the tank there. You got to go. You got to go to the well not only once, twice, but maybe three times. You know what I mean? So to be able to do that again, obviously it's, it's in me, you know, I'll never say never, you know, if an opportunity like that came about or an opportunity to do any other show. Yeah, I definitely will look at it. Um, You know, I'm open to do, I'm open to anything in life, you know, obviously um, the more experiences you have in life, the more you get, the more opportunities you get, the more experiences you get to learn, you know, and um, that's what it's about. It's about learning each and every day you learn something new, you know, definitely that, hell week Uh, i i learned a lot of things and i learned i I learned a lot of great things about uh, a lot of great attributes a lot of people have that i know i've jotted down in my in in my in my folder or in my notebook that um you know i keep with me and i I write down stuff that you know that that would definitely help me in, in in years to come so never say never um, um if you're not always testing yourself in life, you know, you, I feel that you're not moving forward or, you know, um to do to do a guy once told me, he said, to do something that you've never done before, you gotta be able to you gotta be able to do something that you've never done. And um yeah, for me doing Hell Week, obviously I've never done it. So I've I've learned a great deal from it. But if another opportunity came around that I've never done, yes, definitely. Uh if it's a great opportunity for me to grow. And learn new things, definitely, well and good.
0: And would you ever become a DS?
1: Oh no, nah. I, I don't. I don't think <laughs> I'd have it. I don't think I'd have it in me. But um, uh, so a guy once a guy, a guy told me last week. He said, "Would I ever think of going to the special forces? Like you know, look you now I'm I'm an old man now. Like definitely, <laughs> if I wasn't a sports person, or, you know, if I didn't play professional sport, and the uh for me, the opportunity, or I had seen, I had seen the opportunity, or someone spoke to me about it in my 20s, that, you know, maybe, I, you know, I would have, could have, could have done it, you know, you just don't know, it's about exposure, yeah, so, uh, you know, if, if you're exposed to all these things at a young age, you know, you never know what you might, you might be able to, what you could achieve, or what you might be, you might, what you might become, and so on.
0: Excellent, Santi. Well, uh, I'd like yeah. to thank you for being the first guest uh, on the thank Health you and Sport so. podcast. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we will be having uh, Santi coming on as co-host, and uh, we'll be interviewing uh, some of the stars of the, probably all of the stars of the Hell Week Ireland. We'll be uh, talking to some professional athletes from uh, AFL and from the NFL, uh, and your nutritionist. Who's the is your nutritionist the New England Patriots. Uh,
1: yes, yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: we'll be talking to those type of people. We'll be talking to GA stars. We'll be talking to uh, many various different people over the next couple of weeks. So do tune in to the Help and Sport podcast. You'll be able to get it on all the regular podcast channels. And we will be doing a couple of live shows then also over the next couple of weeks in on YouTube uh, that people will be able to log into and see uh, <laughs>